Blog Talk Radio. kind of the privilege this afternoon to be back on the radio. We pray that God's word will find you right where you're sitting. You know, the Bible tells us let the word not go out and come out void, but accomplish what the city is out to do. The word is not something that we just listen to, but the word is something that we apply to our lives. Only when you apply the word of God to your life will it bring a change. It's just like having a grain of corn. You will lay it on the desk, on the table, lay it on the ground, on, on the cement. And you will lay there for the rest of the year, and it and gets scorched in the heat, and all it to do is lay there. But if you put it in the ground, a moment, a moment, a, moment, a miracle began to work. But the Bible said it's seeded in itself. The moment you put that corn in the ground, it's going to come up and bring up a stalk and, and many leaves. It's going to bring up many more years of corn with many, many more grains of corn just because you put it in the dirt. So it is with the word of God. If you don't put it in your heart, it will not grow. That's the same representation that it takes. You have to put the word of God in your heart, just like that farmer put that corn in the ground. As long as you lay the word of God on your heart, round about your heart, it ain't going to accomplish nothing. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. You don't want to sin against God. You don't want to sin against your neighbor. You don't want to sin against yourself. Put God's word in your heart. And God's word will go in there, and it will clean your heart up. It'll get all the mess out your heart, all the enzyme, all the ism and the schism. It'll get your heart clean. Yes, it will. This is Apostle Alexander Locke of the Burning Bush Church in Irwin, North Carolina. I want to talk this afternoon. Let me get on into the Word of God. Get your Bible. I want to talk this, this afternoon about the difference between law and grace because we have a whole lot of people that are still living under the law, and they think they're under grace. See, you can't get to heaven living under the law. No matter how much of the law you keep, you, you, you can't get to heaven living on the law. you got to live on the grace. Only grace is going to get you the glory. The Bible says if you come up any other way, you're like a thief and a robber. And you got a lot of people still living on the law of Moses. Uh-huh, the law came through Moses, but grace came through Jesus Christ. you got a lot of people still, still operating on the law, you know, uh, and, and not on the grace that forgives. So we want to talk tonight. I want to talk the difference so you will know the difference. So if you don't know the difference about a thing, you keep on walking their end. Mm-hmm. People, some people think they can be saved and still stay in sin. 
but you can't be saved and stay in sin. For the Bible says, shall you stay in sin? Shall I sin that grace may abound? Grace, not gonna, grace is not going to abound by you staying in sin. You ain't going to call grace to come grow. You ain't going to call grace to be uh, affected if you're living in sin. Grace comes to bring you out of sin. Uh, grace comes to not let you stay in sin. Uh, grace came to bring you a changed life. So if you're still walking in sin, living a sinful life each and every day, it may be you miss grace. So grace came to deliver you out of sin. Grace comes to bring you a changed heart. So we want to talk about the law. You've got to understand that the law is powerful, but the law was just a school uh, a master. Uh, the law was like a school teacher, like a kindergarten teacher. The law was a foundation that was laid to give the people of God something to go by because, see, they had nothing to go by. When they came out of Egypt from out of Pharaoh, they had no law because of the fact that they had lived around 400-some years in Egypt, and, and all around them were nothing but God, Pharaoh God. You know, he had that water God, and you know all them gods Pharaoh had. And Moses went there and brought them gods to shame. And so the children of Israel were surrounded by them gods. And you know the old saying is, you know, sometimes you become just what you're surrounded with. And they were so, even though they knew the, knew the Lord, even though they knew that God was their heavenly Father, they yet were vetted by them laws, by them gods that was in Egypt. So that's why it was so quick for them when they got in the wilderness and Moses went up into the mountains. It was so quick for them to, to go back to serving them gods, go back. First thing they did, they started taking gold and melting it down and making a god, a god that had eyes and could not see. God had ears and couldn't hear. Here it is. They, here it is. Here it is. They just, they just came out from uh, 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 from from Egypt, 400 years, and God delivered them with a mighty hand, showing them His great power. How He turned the, uh, the water into blood, and, and He brought lights, and He brought fall uh, frogs, and, and He let hail fall from the sky. You know what He did, and then He let the death angel come through and kill the firstborn in Egypt. And then he turned around and opened up the Red Sea, opened up the sea so they could cross over on dry ground. This is a God that they ain't never seen, don't know what it looked like, but yet he worked the mighty miracles. He worked the mighty miracles in their sight. And then they had the audacity. No sooner Moses went up in the mountain and saved just a few days because Moses didn't come down when they wanted him to. See, that's what people do when God don't show up when, he want, when they want him to. They start making their own God. They start coming up with their own ideal. They come up with their own solution. So soon Moses went up there and stayed longer than they thought he should have, they started making their own God. They, they took a melody down the ring and got all the gold, and Aaron took a melody all down and made a God for them because they because they wanted a God that they could see. Mm-hmm. A God that could, look, isn't that something? They, they wanted a God that they could see, but but the God couldn't see them. They, they wanted a God that they, that they could see with a natural eye, but the God they made couldn't see them. They, he had no brain. He had no understanding. He had no intellect. He wanted nothing but a piece of gold. Just that's all the word would go. Uh huh. Turn the grace of God into gold. Turn the glory of God into gold. And had a nerve to think that that gold calf hurt them. And then they turned around and committed fornication and they done the right to the calf. They should have knew right then that God would hit no message. Like allowed them to sin. Allowed them to commit lasciviousness and all ungodliness. So we're going to talk tonight about grace. First verse will come from uh, uh, um, Exodus 6 and Hebrews 10 and 9. Under the law, there was a the dividing veil, Exodus 6 and 20, 33. Uh, under the law, there was a dividing veil, Exodus 26 and 33. But grace brought a wind veil. We're talking about the difference between the law and grace now. Under the law, there was a veil in the temple. Now, you may, so you have read your Bible, and some of you may have read it, and maybe some of you may have not gotten there yet. But whenever Jesus died on the cross, on Golgotha Hill, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. Because, see, only a person could go behind the veil with a priest, and he could, only, he could only go around there once a year. All year long, he, he offered a sacrifice for the people. But once a year, he had to go behind the veil to offer sin one time for the people. But notice now, he had to be holy. He had to have no, no sin in his life. Tied a rope around his ankles. Because if he stayed in there too long, over a half hour, hour, and he didn't come out, the people might have felt like he done sinned. And he would have died, yes. If he went into the holy holy behind the veil with sin in him, he would have died in there. And so that nobody couldn't go in there and get him because they would have died going in there and get him because it was a holy place. So they tied a rope around his leg 
And and then and in case now they knew I mean that priest had an understanding to know that he's gonna die, so I'm sure that he lived holy. But if he didn't live holy, they could pull him out by the rope. But the Bible said when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple were ran and twain. Other words that ended the law right then. The law of Moses ended that afternoon when the veil of the temple went huh? The veil of the temple. Now the Bible said we all can go behind the veil. Through Christ Jesus, we all can go behind the veil. We won't have to fear the veil no more. That veil had been torn and twain, and, and people was amazed that that happened because nobody could see behind the veil. Only the priest could see behind the veil. But that afternoon, the people saw for themselves, but the Bible said the veil was ripped and twain and tore asunder. It was spinning apart. Uh, so that's what Jesus did. That's what Grace did. Grace, 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 Grace rented the veil. Oh, yeah, it rented it so we can go into the Holy of Holies. My God, my God. Yes, the law blocked out the center, Exodus 32 and 33, and grace blocked out the center of sin. Listen to me. The law blocked out the center, Exodus 32 and 33, but grace blocked out the center of sin. Let me, let me explain that. The law said not to do it, but it wouldn't help you not to do it. The law said if you do it, you die. It showed no mercy. If you got caught, caught committing adultery, fornication, or some hideous sin like that, the law killed you. You stoned to death. It showed you no mercy. Mm-hmm. But grace says, don't sin, and I'll help you not to sin. Grace says, don't commit adultery, and I'll help you not commit adultery. Grace says, don't commit fornication, and I'll help you not commit a fornication. So grace did what the law did not do. The law said, don't do it, but it wouldn't help you not to do it. But grace said, don't do it, and grace said, I help you. Wow, isn't that nice? Isn't that something to know how, how grace is? So there wasn't no grace back there in those days. It was the law. And whatever you've done, that, that, that called death, you died. But grace said, you know, I forgive you. So that's why when the woman got caught uh, uh, committing adultery, that Jesus stood on the ground and asked that he didn't commit no sin, let him cast the first stone. And nobody could do it because they all know they had sinned. Jesus knew everything. If they had said they didn't sin, Jesus could have told them, you sinned the other night, and I saw you. They didn't want Jesus to say that. So when Jesus got up off the ground, they were gone because their own sin was revealed unto them. Amen. The law, listen, Galatians 3 and 10, the law cursed the sinner. Romans 4 and 7, grace sinner. Oh, I like this. The law cursed the sinner. When you were on the law, you were cursed. If you did something wrong, you were cursed. Some things, if you did it, it didn't matter whether you bought a sacrifice or not. You 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 you, you done for. You have lost your life. If they caught you committing adultery, you bring all the goats and, and camels you want to. That did not stop that sinner. You were sinned to death. You were taken out and stoned to death. So the law cursed the sinner. Uh-huh. It told you not to do it. Wouldn't help you not to do it. Listen, it told you not to do it. Wouldn't help you if you did it and kill you when you did it. But grace covered the sinner. Just like he did the woman that was caught in adultery. Jesus said, Let him that commit no sin, let him cast the first stone. And since nobody was innocent, they had to walk away and leave that woman alone. Deuteronomy 8 and 1, the law cried out, Do and live. John 19 and 30, John 1 and 12, grace cried out, It is done, it is finished. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 8 and 1 said, the law cried out, do it and live. Because if you didn't do it, you would die. That's why God told him in Deuteronomy, in the 28th chapter, he said about the blessed and the cursed. If you were blessed, if you did right, you were blessed. If you did wrong, you were cursed. And there were many curses, too. And, and, and the law stood on that. You broke the law. If you walked around there and didn't obey God, then you lived in the curse. If you obeyed God, then you lived in the blessing. And, and, and nothing could, didn't change that. But grace cried out, it is finished on the cross. When Jesus dropped and hung his head on the cross, he said, it is finished. He died on the cross once. once he, he went to the altar and he offered up once. See, the priest had to offer every day. Then he had to offer one time a year. But Jesus went to heaven, his own self, been the sacrifice, and offered up himself to God on the altar once, never to do it again. Romans 3 and 19 the law cried out, every mouth stopped. Romans 10 and 9, listen. Romans 3 and 19 said, the law cried out, every mouth stopped. Romans 10 and 9, uh, and it, 
Grace invites. Grace invites that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that's what Romans 10 and 9 says, the law cries out, every mouth, stop, stop. It, 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 that was just it. That's what the law did. It, 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 that confession with the mouth and all that didn't mean nothing. It, it was the law. Whatever the law said, that's what it was. But but Jesus said, if I confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and that God had raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. Proverbs 12 and 2. The law shows favor to the good. Ephesians, Ephesians 2 and 1 and, and, one, one and 6, grace shows mercy and favor to the ungodly. Listen, the law shows favor to the good. Remember I said Deuteronomy 28 chapter says, if you did right, you were blessed. And if you did wrong, you were cursed. So that's where the law was. The law showed no separation. It was one or the other. You either did right or wrong. If you did good, you were blessed. If you did bad, you were cursed. But look what grace is. Uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, that grace shows mercy and favor to the ungodly. Even the ungodly God showed mercy to. The ungodly, and the, and the law, the ungodly perished. Uh-huh. And the law, the ungodly was stoned to death. But, but, but with Christ Jesus, God showed mercy to the ungodly. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't just favor the good and then destroy the bad. But the Bible said grace showed mercy and favor. To the ungodly. Second Corinthians three and three. The law was outwardly. We're talking about the difference between grace and, and the law. The law was outwardly graven upon stone. That's Second Corinthians three and three. Second Colossians one twenty seven. Colossians three and three. And two and Colossians three and three. Listen, it said grace is graven inwardly, Christ in you. Now remember, the law would 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 not grave it, grave it on the heart. The law was graven outwardly upon a stone. When Moses, when Moses went up into the mountains, he, the, the Ten Commandments was not put on the heart of the people. It was put on a rock, given to Moses to take back to the people. And tell the people that I shall not steal, and I shall not kill, and I shall not covet thy neighbor's house, and thou shall not uh, uh, have no graven in, image, and I shall not, you know, all them things, that them Ten Commandments. And he brought them back on a piece of rock. That, that didn't mean nothing. That didn't mean a thing. That was just something on a piece of rock. They had to live there. Moses told them and left it up to them to live it. And if they didn't live it, they died. The grave came to grave, to grave it, to grave God's word inwardly in your heart. You hear me? Grace came to put God's word in your heart. The law came to put it on a rock. Grace came to take it off the rock and put it in your heart. That's what God says in his word. That's why God said in his word, he said that in the, in the last day, I'm a, no more will you have to ask your neighbor. Nobody, no more will you have to go to ask anybody concerning my word. Because I'm going to put it in your mind, and I'm going to write it in your heart. My God, my God. And that's what God's doing now. He's writing it in our heart. Okay? Okay. Deuteronomy 5 and 22. The law says he added no more. Grace said, assured us has spoken by his son. The law added no more or took nothing from that. Whatever the law said, that's what the law did. But grace has spoken for surety through Christ Jesus. If you have him, if he be your Lord and Savior, for surety, oh, you're going to make it. For surety, you're going to heaven going to be your home. Joshua 70, 25, the law is unexcusable in its demand. Wow. I told you about that early. Ain't you no know, come up there talking about, well, I didn't mean to go to bed with her. I, I just had that feeling. I don't know what came over me. Well, you did. You did. You did. They're going to take you out and stone you. Ain't going to be no excuse. Ain't, ain't no mercy show. Huh? The other word is unexcusable. And, but grace, but the grace of God is inspirational and it's blessed. That means there ain't going to be no excuse for you to say that. I didn't know Jesus or, or make an excuse why you would get, didn't get saved. The people make an excuse now why they don't get saved. Talking about, well, the, them folks at that church, they did, I would get saved, but the deacon did and the mother that. It don't matter what that deacon and mother doing. You got to stand on your, every, every tub got to stand on his own bottom. Every person got the answer for their own relationship with God. You hear what I'm saying? Ain't going to be no excuse on that day of judgment that you didn't make Jesus Lord and Savior. God did all he know to do. He sent his son. 
and his son gave his life, that you might have a right to the tree of life. Now, if you don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, there will be no excuse on that day of judgment. We're trying to do all things we can know to do now. We're trying to turn the church into a juke joint, turn the church into a club, turn the church into some 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 musical uh, uh, theater in order to get people in. But the same Bible that say grandma and say grandpa and say folks of old is the same Bible going to save our children. We can do all the extra things that we're trying to do, trying to bring the world into the church in order to get people attention to win the young people over. Look back on the day, at least in the day of old, and when the flood came and, and Solomon and Gomorrah, there were young people in those days. There were hundreds of thousands of young people that didn't want Jesus, just like young people don't want the Lord today. I encourage you, if they don't let get in the Bible, if they don't allow the Word of God to get in them, if they don't make God Lord and Savior their life, then judgment is going to be their home. God, is, God gives everyone an opportunity. Jesus died for everyone. We all got a right to the tree of life, our young people as well. But they don't want no Jesus. They want to live ungodly. They want to live uh, the, the world. They want to follow the, the, the crowd. But I come out to tell you, Jesus died on the cross, that we all might have a right to the tree of life, young and old. Romans 5 and 18, the law brings judgment. Uh-huh. Romans 3 and 24, grace brings justification. Yes, we're talking about the law now. If you feel living under the law, you can't be saved. You can't make it to the heaven under the law. Remember I said, you ain't got to go to nobody now and, and confess your sin to them. Some of our sin. You don't have to do that anymore because that's been done away with. When when he when he ran the veil of the temple, he did away with that confession. You don't have to confess no more. You ain't got to come tell nobody you done sinned. You go in your bedroom, get in your prayer closet, get on your knees and tell God what you've done, and God will forgive you. Amen. James two and ten, the law cried out. Let me go back. To, let me go back to Romans three and twenty four. The grace brings justification. When you've been born again, you're justified. Other words, justified means you accepted in God. You accepted in God's presence. God is satisfied with you. You just. You 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 as though you hadn't did anything. And because grace brings justification, it only just forgive you and make you justified in God's sight. James two and ten. The law cried out, keep the commandment, all of them, in many detail. Every detail, you had to keep the commandment. Jane 2 and 10, you had to keep the commandment in every detail. If you just messed up in one little thing, it was so hard. That's why God had to change this thing to grace because nobody could live right. Uh, the law, the, the, nobody could live, even though we had the law, folks still sinned it. Folks still did wrong. They still had the conscience of sin in them, even though they had the law, the Ten Commandments. It still didn't take away the sin. It didn't take away the sin concept. So if you did the least little thing wrong, it cost you your life. First Peter 5, 1 and 5 said, uh, Grace assures us that we are kept by the power of God. Listen to me. Please hear what I'm fit to say. Whenever you become born again, you just don't become saved, and that's all that happens. But the law of grace takes in your, over in your life. And it kills the law of the it kills the, the, the law and, and grace takes over. You become a new creature. Something spiritual happens on the inside of you. You are given a new nature. Uh, the desire to sin is taken away. That's why first and second and third John talked about that no more you have no more desire to sin because because grace takes that desire away. You don't want to sin. The Bible says we we no longer sin because the great because God takes the seed out. They take that desire. We sin because we desire. A man is tempted because of desire. And where there is no desire, there is no temptation. Do you hear me? Please listen to me. Nobody sin without uh, the desire. It's desire that brings on the temptation, and the temptation brings on the sin. Did the Bible not say that, 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 that a man is drawn away of his own lust? And when lust is finished, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. First, it takes the lust, uh huh, and there is, and there is no and there is no desire without lust. It takes lust to bring on the desire. So what grace does, it takes the desire away. Uh, it don't take your nature away. If God made you a man, He wants you to be a man. If He made you a woman, He wants you to do a woman. But He wants you to, do, to abide by the law and do it the way He say do it. Wait till you get married before you start going into bed, before you start getting under the sheet, uh huh. You do it God's way because that's what grace is. 
Because God has fixed it that way, that, that we might walk in his grace, that we might abide by his word, that we might keep his commandments and not our commandments. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, the law demand love. Uh-huh. John 3 and 16, the grace of God exhibit love. Okay? The law demand love, but love, listen, the law demand love, but the law can't make you love. So you can demand the thing and, and not do it. You, you know the stop sign. There's a stop sign on the end of every road. But just because that stop sign there don't mean nobody got to stop. They're supposed to stop, but it don't mean they ain't going to stop. Stop sign ain't going to reach and grab their car and make their car stop. You know, do you hear what I'm saying? The stop sign is telling them to stop, but the stop sign, do you hear what I'm saying? The stop sign is telling them to stop, but the stop sign can't make you stop. You're stopping because you're abiding by the law of the land. You see what I'm saying? But you, but if there ain't no police out there, ain't nobody looking, you could drive right on through that stop sign. What is anybody going to do? So that's what the law did. The law told you not to do it, but the law did not make you not to do it. But the grace of God told you not to do it. Then he said, I will help you not to do it. God with a great love comes with grace. And you know that all the other fruits of the Spirit, they come all along with grace as well. Amen. Romans 7 and 8, the law removes the sinner to sin. Uh-huh. The law removed the sinner to sin. The grace of God removes sin from the sinner. Now, what does that mean? This is what I'm saying. You can be in, at, at home with your child, and you can tell your child, and you can have a door open with something in that room. And if you don't never say nothing to that child about what's in that room, that child won't go in that room. But as soon as you tell that child, don't you go in that room over there, but I got something in it. All of automatic, you trigger the law in that child. You trigger something in that child, and that child not going to go into that room when you would not have said nothing, the child wouldn't have went in the room. But by you saying something, you have set a law now, and the law would don't go in that room. And now that child's nature, that child's flesh, that child going to go in that room, soon as you turn your head, that child going in that room to see what's going on in that room, just because you didn't say don't go in the room. Because that's why Paul said that the law working in our members. When we decide to do good, he was always present. When you make up your mind, say, I ain't going to do this, I'm going to quit doing that, you find yourself doing more than you said it before you said it. So Paul said that, the, so Paul said, that, that I say I won't going to do, I find myself doing it. And that that I say I'm going to do, I don't do. There's a, there are two people inside you. Huh? You got the, the law and you got grace. Uh-huh. When you became born again, you invited another person inside your house, and they fighting against one another. The flesh is fighting against the spirit. So, see, the flesh lived there before the spirit moved in, and the flesh is mad because you moved the spirit in. And the flesh do not want the spirit living in that house. That's why you're having so much trouble trying to live this Christian life because the flesh want to rear up and take over. Flesh mad because you won't let him smoke no cigarette no more. The flesh is mad because he can't drink no more liquor. The flesh is mad because he can't commit adultery. The flesh is mad because he can't commit adultery. The flesh is mad because he can't smoke no joint. The flesh is mad because he can't lie now and cheat and do all them things that is ungodly. And that's why you got a controversy going on where these evil thoughts coming into your mind, trying to get you to do the things wrong when you done made up your mind you're going to do right. Remember he said when you decide to do good, so don't feel bad because the enemy tried to attack you in your mind because you try to do good. Keep on doing good. Keep on doing good. Don't let thought of not doing good make you not do good. And the devil have you thinking that you ain't saved because thoughts come to your mind. Baby, you cannot stop a thought from coming to your mind. I heard old saying one time that uh, that you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But if you put a nest in your hair, that's your, that's your fault. You done stood still too long. You cannot stop thoughts from coming, but you can control those thoughts that they don't affect you and cause you doing what them thoughts say do. Oh, man, I like this here. Uh, the law, uh, Romans 7 and 8, the law moves the sinner to sin. Grace, grace of God removes sin from the sinner. Exodus 20 and 21, according to the law, nearness to God is impossible. But in grace, but, but Ephesians 2 and 13, in grace, nearness of God is guaranteed. Now, even though, even though they had the law, they still couldn't get close to God. Matter of fact, they were scared of God. They told Moses, don't talk to God. Don't, don't let God talk to us. You talk to us. We're scared of God. 
Because when they went up to talk to God and God spoke out the mountain, they got so afraid that they told Moses, don't bring us out here no more to talk to God. Because they know they weren't holy. They know they was ungodly. They know they were wicked. And when they stood in God's presence, it showed them just who they really was. And they were so afraid that they asked Moses, don't, 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 don't let God talk to us no more. You let God talk to you and you tell them what God said. You see what I'm saying? So in the law, you can't, you couldn't get close to God. And you've got people now trying to get close to God in the law. You can't get close to God in, in the law. But in grace, you can get, you can, oh, my God, not only can you get close to him, he'll get on the inside of you, and he'll dwell in you, and he'll be your God, and you'll be his child. But he said we are his temple, and he dwells in us. God want to dwell inside. God want to get close to you. God want to get in your heart. He want to get in your soul. That's how close he want to get. He want to get down in your soul. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 9, listen, the law demands obedience or no blessing. You hear me? We're talking about the law and grace so you understand the difference. When you walk in the law of, of Moses, it demands it demand obedience. Uh, it, it, it demands obedience. It don't ask you. It demands it. And if you don't do it, you don't get no blessing. You hear me? John 4 and 9 Grace brings obedience because of the blessing. Listen, grace will bring you obedience. The law, the law demands obedience or you don't get no blessing, but grace brings obedience because of the blessing. Because you obey God, oh, my God, blessing come. Blessing come. Blessing beyond your wild dreams. See, a lot of people want to be blessed. They don't obey God. You can't not obey God and you be blessed. You got to be obedient. When you obey God, he blesses you. You read your Bible, and you do what what the Bible says to the best of your ability. They can't do it all. See, the Bible don't expect you to do everything all at one time. According to each test and each trial and each situation that you might be in, then you apply the word to that. You read your Bible so that whenever you run up against a situation, then God's word is there to help you get through that situation, to help you overcome it, to help you conquer it, to help you to abide according to God's word. And God's grace, it will help you. God ain't telling you to do this by yourself now. God knows you can't love that person that hate you. Come on. Uh, God knows you can't love that person that despitefully use you. God knows you can't love that supervisor that keeps doing you wrong, that husband that keeps doing you wrong, that wife that keeps you doing you wrong, that, that neighbor that keeps doing you wrong. God already knows you can't do it by yourself. That's why he's still in grace. Grace will help you. To, to, to humble yourself, oh, my shot. Grace will help you humble yourself to be submissive to the Lord. Amen? Now, that person that you forgiven, that person that you uh, 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 gave them another chance and told them you were sorry, even though they were wrong, they, they could care less about you. You're not doing it because for a praise. You're not, you're not doing it uh, for no blessing. You're doing it because God told you to do it. And whether a blessing come out of it or not, it's totally between you and God. You hear me? Because it's God's will that we do these things. And we do it not for prestige. We don't do it for a show. We don't do it expecting to get something out of it. You say, well, Lord, I done forgave them one time. But go forgive them again. Forgive them again. Forgive them again. Lord, I done did it four times. Forgive them again. Eight times, 12 times, 20 times, 100 times. The Bible says seven times 70 in one day. If they ask, if they turn around and say they're sorry, they ain't nobody going to do you that bad. In seven. But you ain't got to been hanging around nobody that long for them to sin against you seven times, seven in one day. You, you, you must not got nothing to do. You stand and steal your own self. If you got that much time to stand around somebody for them to sin against you that long. So nobody ain't going to sin against you that much in them one day. But the Bible says if they do. So what, he, what God really trying to say, just have a repentant heart all the time. Be ready to forgive. Don't hold no grudges. Don't hold no animosity. Don't hold no bitterness in your heart. Forgive them because the Lord forgave you. God forgave you. Look how many sins God forgave you for when you when you repented. How many millions of sins had you committed when you repented? And probably more than a million. How many sins had you committed before the Lord forgave you? And the Bible says if God forgave you for your sin, should you not forgive your brother for his sin? But we want to hold grudge. We want to put a numb on it. After five times, we're ready to give up. But you can't give up. If you've been born again, if you've been a Christian, you can't put no number on it. You've got to keep on forgiving over and over and over. God's going to fix it. Let him keep on doing it wrong. But you do your part, and, and God will take care of the rest. Oh, man, I like this. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 21, uh, 20 to 21, 
The law cried out, stone the prodigal. Mm-hmm. Stone him. That's what the law says. Luke 15, 20, 23, Grace cried out, put the bed robe on the prodigal. Kill the fattest calf. Yeah. What he did? Yes. What he did, somebody should, he should be stoned. What did he do? Ask his dad for, for, for his earning. Ask his dad for his living. In other words, you know, in those days when a when the daddy died, he always he gave he always in his will, you know, he, he left he left he left a blessing to the child. And you don't get it until the daddy died. But this boy came on his living. He said, Daddy, I want what belonged to me. I want it now. And the daddy gave it to him and you know the story. He went out and threw it all away and sit with a sinful life and ride his living. And, and, and yeah, and someone might say, Well, he needed to be stoned. Yeah, he's not looking at him coming back home now with his head all dropped down. But Grace, but Grace cried out, put a robe on the boy, huh? Killed the fattest calf. His brother got mad because his daddy threw the party and put a robe on him and killed the fattest calf. Ain't that right? That's where we are, some. We get mad at people when they get saved and come into church because we know they live an ungodly life. We, we, we know they live a merciless life. They, we know they live a downtrodden life. And now they they don't got saved and got in the church. They don't run around everybody husband and run around everybody wife. And now God forgives them and put a and put a robe on them and killed the fattest calf. And now we sit here all mad looking at them out of the corner of our eyes. I don't know why she come in the church. How did she did this and she did? Well, honey, if God seems fit to forgive her, if God seems fit to give her another chance out of all the stuff she do, then you should forgive her also. You should forgive them also. Deuteronomy twenty one twenty two through twenty three. The law brings death. Romans 5 and 1, grace give us the, the, the quietness and assurance of peace. You hear me? The law brings death. But if you broke the law, then they stomped you to death or killed you. The law brought grace. Now, the law brought death, but, but, but God brought grace. He, he, he forgave. When you're walking in the grace of God, you're walking in the mercy of God. Oh, thank God for his grace and mercy. Exodus 21, 24, the law retaliates. Galatians 3 and 13, but grace of God redeems. The law retaliates. It separates you. It kills you. you, In those days when you sinned it, certain sin you committed, you were cast out. You were taken out of the tribe. You weren't committed part of the children of Israel no more. They took you out and stoned you, and they took your name and your family name out, out, out of their lineage, and you won't even a part of them no more. The law retaliated against it, retaliated, it fought against you. If you broke it during the best, you know how. There was no excuse. But the grace of God redeemed, and it will redeem you over and over again. No matter how many times you've fallen, you can repent and get back up again. It will redeem you and take you back, and God will call you Abel. That's why the Bible said, come out from among them, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and be your God, and you will be my child. I redeem you. That's what happened to the prodigal son. God redeemed him. God was showing that that, 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 that story was told concerning the love of God, not concerning the love of a father. That God was the one, Jesus told the story, and it really represented the grace of God rather than the grace of that father. God saying, even though the boy messed up, but he came to himself. And God, when, when you come back to God, he forgives you. He put, put a, they killed a fattest calf, put a ring on his family and a robe on him, gave him the best. When you come back to God, God will restore everything that you lost. He'll give you back what the canker worm have eaten, what the locusts have stored, what the famine has taken away. He's that kind of God. He's gracious and merciful. All he asks you to do is repent. Every time the children of Israel repented and came back, God gave them the land back. He gave them their abundance back. Uh, he gave them back to all that they had lost because they came back to God. I I I I, I command somebody to see it. I I I insist somebody to see it. I assure somebody to see it that you need to get out from under the law and get on a grave. If you have fallen, you need to get back up. The law says you can't make it. The law says you're through. The law says you're messed up. You don't need to be forgiven. But grace said get back up. Grace said I give you another chance. Grace said I redeem you all over again. Leviticus 11 and 44, the law demands sanctification, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, but grace restores sanctification. Listen, the law demands sanctification. It didn't ask you to be sanctified. It told you to be. 
And if you didn't sanctify yourself from the unthings of the world, from people that were not holy, from things that were not holy, it destroyed you. But grace will restore you to sanctify, even though you fall, even though you make a mistake. Just like the prodigal son, grace will restore you to sanctification. All you got to do is confess your fault. God is just a faith to forgive you for all your sins and cleanse you from all the right. That's what the Bible says. Listen to this. It said, confess your fault. God is just and faithful to forgive you for all your sins. And this is talking about grace now. And then he, not only is God, now, if God just, if God just forgive you, and that's all he do, you're going to be right back in the same mess you were in when you got out of it. The Bible said now he's going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God ain't only going to forgive you, but his grace is going to clean you up from wherever you messed up at or whatever caused you to mess up. If it was lust that caused you to mess up, he's going to take the lust out of you. If it was lying that caused you to mess up, he's going to take the lying out of you. If it was deceit that caused you to mess up, he's going to take the deceit out of you. Look at Peter. Peter lied, but didn't the Lord forgive him? He said, Peter, and when thou have been restored, encourage thy brother. Peter lied. Peter said he didn't know the Lord. He lied three times and said, I don't know this man. But God forgave Peter for his lying. Uh-huh. And gave and, and graced people. He he not only he not only did he forgive him, but he graced him with a with a God given grace. Amen. Now, Exodus thirty two and twenty eight, because of the law, three thousand were slain. Acts two and forty one, because of grace of God, three thousand were saved. Listen, three thousand people died on the law because they committed fornication and sinned it in one day. They they went against the law of God and started sleeping with one another. No, they weren't married. Three thousand were slain under the law. But look at God in Acts two and forty one. That was in Exodus thirty two and twenty eight. In Acts two and forty one, three thousand people. 3,000 people were saved because they, gave, they, got, they, 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 they surrendered. They gave their life to God, and God saved them from the law. 3,000 people. Hebrews 10, 1 and 2. The law is unsatisfying to the conscience. But Hebrews 9 and 12 through 14, the grace of God is unfailing in its forgiveness and readiness for sin. Listen. The law is unsatisfied to the country. Even though you ask God to forgive you and the law or whatever brought them lambs and goats and whatever, the the, the concert was still there. The thing that you did was still in your mind. That you made was still hanging around. But grace will not only forgive you for the mistake, but he'll take the thoughts of it away. He'll take the remedy of it away. Uh, he'll take the effect of it away. So you'll be wanting to do it again. When something's on your conscience, something right there, it makes you want to do it again. But grace come to take that away and take the desire away that you might not want to do it again. Wow. Hebrew 12, 18 through 21, the law is the voice of constellation, a consternation. Uh, but uh, Hebrew 12, 22 through 24, but the grace of God is the voice of, of covenant, blessing, peace, and assurance. Uh, consolation. The law is a voice of consolation, and it tells you and it tells you what to do, and it said it beating on your brain, and and you here you is, you here's the little move you make. You don't know where you're gonna mess up. You don't know where you're gonna cost you your life. You don't know what where you what or, or what the outcome gonna be, uh, uh, of, of what you done done or may do, because you know that the law is gonna stone you to death and bring judgment to you. But grace of God. Uh, in the vote of the covenant through Christ Jesus, it brings blessings, peace, and assurance. Oh my God, grace! Now, when you're under grace, you ain't got to worry about worrying about what you've done, done, or what might happen if you do it. Because it, it, listen, it don't give you the right to sin. Listen, grace don't give you no law to sin, but but great, but listen, but grace will forgive you if you sin. Understand me? The law said don't sin, and the law destroyed you if you sin. Grace said don't sin, but if you do sin. See, Paul said it like this. Paul said we are not the sin. He said, but if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father through Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? He is, Paul said don't sin, but if we do sin, we got Jesus Christ who's already died on the cross for our sin. He's an advocate. I looked up the word advocate, and that means he's a lawyer. He's a appropriator. Uh, he's a lawyer. 
And here he is. Jesus is the judge. Jesus, here, Jesus is the judge and God is the lawyer. And here it is. Here it is. The one that's judging you is the father to the one that's going to forgive you. Jesus is going to go before God. But the Bible says he's sitting on the right hand of the father, making intercession for you every day. We, some of us think that our little own prayers is what getting us through. If, if it was just your prayer that you live by, you'd be destroyed. You'll be overcome if only your prayers alone. God got people praying for you that you don't know nothing about. God got people praying for you in other countries and other states. The Holy Ghost got people praying for you in other countries that don't even know who you are. Whether you be Mary or Susie or James or Betty, God, Holy Ghost is calling out your name, and you don't even know. They don't even know who, who name they're calling out, but the Holy Ghost got them interceding for you. That's what intercession is. God have a folk interceding for you. They ain't got to know you to intercede because the Holy Ghost knows you. So the Holy Ghost will have people interceding for you that don't even know you, and they don't even know you. But all they know is God said, pray for Betty and pray for Susan and pray for Lisa and pray for uh, whoever. That's the way the Holy Ghost works because he's not have no respect of a person. He ain't caught up in no race. He ain't caught up in no nationality. He ain't caught up in no creed. He ain't caught up in no color. The Holy Ghost loves everybody. And if the Holy Ghost loves everybody, wow, we ought to love everybody. That's what bothered me. How it is that the Holy Ghost loves everybody, and you got a Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and you don't love everybody. You might need to check your Holy Ghost because something wrong somewhere. Because God had no respect of a person. God did not sing out color, uh, nationality, and race. This same God that died on the cross for all, uh, for all, is the same God that told you to love all. We ought to love everybody. We are not to have no respect for color, respect for race. We are not to be prejudiced. We call the color. We're not being prejudiced because of the nationality of a person. That is sin. Prejudice is sin. Let me explain to you. Prejudice is a sin. I don't care if you don't like their color. It's a sin for you to hate them. It's a sin for you to hate their nationality. Uh, it's a sin for you to hate their race. It's nothing but a sin. And it's not going to be accepted before God. Because when we stand before heaven, we're going to be judged in that very reason whether or not we show prejudice in someone. Or we judge someone because of their color. And we got a nerd to say and back God and put God on our side and got got folks thinking that God is backing up what we're doing. God is not backing up no prejudice. God is not backing up the white against the black and the black against the white and the Chinese against the Puerto Rican and the Puerto Rican against the second. God is not backing this stuff up. It is sin. It is wrong for every race and any race, for any race and any race to have prejudice one to the other. We ought to love one another and Christ have loved us. This is the word of God. This is how God would have us to live. We ought to love one another. Uh, Exodus 34. Exodus 34 and 30. When the law was given, Moses' face shun, and the people feared. Mark 9 and 15. Grace bought by Jesus Christ attracted the people to the faith of God. Now listen, we, they didn't want nothing to do with God's faith through Moses' law. Because when Moses' face shunned, they got afraid. They feared and told Moses, Lord, please, please don't, please cover your face. Moses had to cover his face because they were so afraid. For the glory of God shone on Moses. Moses, Moses shone like a neon light. And, and they were afraid of Moses because God glories on Moses. And they, and they were afraid of the face of God. The Moses shone with the glory of God, which was the face of God, and they feared Moses. And they wanted Moses to cover his face. But through Jesus Christ, Oh, my God, who, who brought the faith of God. We are attracted to the people of the, of the, the faith of God. In Christ Jesus, we can stand in God's presence. Wow. Galatians 5 and 1. The law was a yoke of burdensome weight. The law was a yoke of burdensome weight. Matthew eleven twenty nine to 30. Grace is to be in the yoke with Jesus, which makes the yoke easy and the burden light. Now, the law was a yoke on the people because they didn't know, because they couldn't keep the law. And it was costing their lives. They were scared. And they were afraid. And, they, and everything, I mean, the law was a lot of, there was a lot of, they wanted to order the law. They had ordinance. They had statutes. Uh -huh. They had the law. They had ordinance. They had statutes. They had precepts upon precepts, ordered upon order, statutes upon statutes. And all these things threatened their lives, and it was a weight to them. But grace came. Oh, my shit. Grace came to take away that yoke. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's what grace came. 
great came to take that yoke away. So in Christ Jesus, it's not no burden to serve the Lord. The Bible says that serving the Lord is not grievous. Only if you end the day that one. It's only grievous for the Bible says for the, the backslider, uh, uh, for that and at the end of the day and out tomorrow. It, it's only it's only grievous for that person that, that, that go to church on Sunday and go to the club the rest of the week. Uh, then you don't know whether you're in God or out God. That's only time it is grievous in serving the Lord. But if you make up your mind that you're going to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, if you make up your mind, oh, my God, in the name of Jesus, if you make up your mind and you're going to serve him every day in the morning and all day long, you don't serve God on Monday and then don't serve no more to Wednesday. You get up, you, you serve God every day. That's why the Bible says God knows the way of a righteous man, but the way of an ungodly shall perish. See, God already knows what a righteous man going to do in the morning. He ain't God. It's not. It's not. It's God already knows if you saved and been born again, God already knows you're going to get up in the morning doing the right thing. You hear what I'm saying? We all do different things through the day. We all have agendas. We all have plans. We all have a itinerary. We all have schedules. And we all going to do different things. But we, God knows we're going to do it in holiness. He already knows we're going to do it in righteousness. You got people walking around now talking about, well, we all going to see it. You, you can't go through the whole day and not see it. You're going to see it. We all see it. I'm sure the glory of God. That's just an excuse to make the sin. But the Bible said if you've done everything God told you to do that day, God don't count sin, evil thought. When evil thought comes to your mind, that's not sin. It's only sin if you yield to him. If you've done what the Holy Ghost told you to do today, you lived a perfect day today. You have lived a perfect day today. But the Bible said, be ye perfect, for I am perfect. Be ye holy, for I am holy. If you live and did the day the best you know how, and you ain't just willfully went out there and sinned it, and the best of your ability, you've done what you thought God told you to do today, you have lived perfect. You have lived holy. Somebody said we can't be perfect. No, you can't be perfect in the flesh, but you can be perfect in the spirit. But God don't judge like man judges. Now, my last verse, Romans 10 and 10, 1 through 2. The law produces zeal. Philippians 3 and 6, Romans 10 and 18, 1 through 8, but no salvation. Listen, the law produces zeal. It is zeal. It's zealous. It tells you to serve the Lord, but that's all it does. It don't produce salvation. It don't save you. See, the law was only given to us to get us to where we're at now. It was just a schoolmaster because, see, they didn't have nothing to go by. They didn't have no guidelines. So what God did was he gave them the law to help them make it. The law was A, uh, but a, but but Jesus was Z. So the law was, you know, we say from A to Z, the law was A. But Jesus is the grace imparts zeal. Listen, grace imparts zeal and brings joy unspeakable and full of glory. But grace imparts zeal. Remember, I said the law produced zeal, but grace imparts zeal. One thing to produce something, and another thing to impart something. The law, the law did not impart zeal in you; it only produces zeal. Amen. But grace imparts zeal. Titus two and fourteen, First Peter one and eight. But grace imparts zeal and brings joy unspeakable and full of good. The, 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 uh, the law make you want to serve the Lord. The law make you want to be a Christian. The law make you want to have a smile on your face. And law, I mean, I'm talking about not the law, but grace makes you happy. Grace makes you unspeakable. Grace will give you unspeakable joy. Some of us ain't had no unspeakable joy in a long time. God wants you to be happy, and you're not going to be happy walking in the law. So that's why I come out this afternoon to separate the law from grace to see which one you're walking in. Walk in grace and not in the law, okay? Reading the, reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all six big books, and, 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 you, and that's why you think you're going to get to heaven. No, you're not going to get to heaven by reading the six big books. By grace are we saved. Let me close it. By grace are we saved. That's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not a word that any man to about. God counted us all under sin that he might give us all grace. We all done sin. That's how God did it. In order for God to give us grace, he had to count us all under sin. We all done sin. We all done come short of the glory of God. So for that reason, God can so gracefully give us all grace. We all, all. By grace are you saved. That's why he said if the righteous shall scarcely be saved. What that means? You, you, I, I used to wonder about that verse. What do you mean scarcely be saved as hard as I'm trying to live right and live right every day? What he meant by that, it's going to be by grace. 
It's going to be by grace that oh, we all make it in. Ain't nothing that you've done. Ain't no works you've done. Ain't no, no talent of yours. Ain't no ability of yours. But the Bible says, by grace are we saved. Listen to this. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Now, you didn't save yourself. You didn't give yourself grace. That's God's gift. Given to some. Grace is given to, to someone that don't deserve it. Grace was given to us and we don't deserve it. Uh, mercy came to stand in the gap for what we did deserve. You hear me? Grace came to give us what we didn't deserve, and mercy came to stand in the gap for what we did deserve. So thank God for his grace that was given to us that we didn't deserve. So by so forth, grace are we saved. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. So it's not a word that anybody can boast because they got a talent or ability that any man should boast. We none of us can brag about this thing because we all, we all were saved by grace. And we're all going to stand before God that day and, and, and get the same thing. We're all going to get that amazing grace. That's why he said whenever those no men came to work that day, some came at 7, some came at 9, some came at 4 o'clock, but when he paid them all off, he gave them all the same thing. That's what God was trying to say. At the end of the day, we all going to work. Some work harder than others. Some work longer than others. But at the end of the day, we're all going to get grace. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this afternoon for your word. Let it not go out and come out void, but accomplish what it should not do. Let it open up somebody understanding, somebody that's been walking in the law and not under grace, somebody that's still binding by the law and not by grace, somebody who is imprisoned by the law and not by grace. In the name, let, them, let that word find them, God, and give them a clear understanding. The Bible says that all I get and give them an understanding. Let them get an understanding, Lord, that you done died on the cross for their sin. You done paid the price for their sin, not just today, tomorrow, even next week and next year. You've already died on the cross, Lord. You already paid the price for our sin forever. The Bible says you, you offered up on the altar one, never to offer up again. You ain't got to die no more. You're not going to die for our sin no more. Our sin has been paid for, but we got to confess them, Lord. You say confess our fault. You were just and faithful to forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, God, let us walk in the grace and not in the law no more. And that our conscience be sheared, O oh God. Let us not walk in guilt, because grace come to do away with guilt. Get grace came to take away the guilty constant, God. In grace, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, we are justified. Uh-huh. In Christ Jesus, we are glorified. In Christ Jesus, we got a hiding place. So let us hide, God, in the name of Jesus. And I just ask you to have mercy on the radio world right now. In the name of Jesus. And God, I ask that you would touch the heart of those that are unsaved. Those that are taking the world by storm, those that stand in their ways and their ashes, and they don't want you, God. They, they, they say they don't want to uh, the, the serve the true and living God. They rather serve idols and, and images and groves and think it's okay. But God, Satan has deceived them. Satan has fooled them. But Satan has entangled them, God, and think that they, they're serving the true and living God. You said if we come up any other way in Christ Jesus, we come up as a thief and a robber. If there be anybody out there coming up another way, coming up under some other religion, coming up under some other cult, and think they're on their way, God, but yet they lost, open up their eyes, open up their understanding in the name of Jesus, that they might know the difference between grace and the law, that they might mind the body that's amazing grace, that was given through Christ Jesus. But the songwriter said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but not I'm seen. Somebody blind, God. But give them grace, Lord. Help them to find this grace, God. Somebody was brought up in different religions, oh God. And this religion got them walking in the law. This religion got them blind. This religion have no grace in it, oh God. And they stay, and they, they're on the way to heaven. But God opened up their eyes, opened up their understanding, that they might see the truth, God. That they might understand this is grandma religion, this is grandpa religion. This ain't the religion that you have them to have, God. In the name of Jesus, you bless now. And forever give your name to praise, the honor and the glory. It shall be thine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.